0: After a miserable, dreadful, lifeless, you can call it whatever you want, uh, loss on Saturday to Texas Tech, West Virginia bounced back. They did it in a big way Monday night against Oklahoma State. We'll get into comparing both those games, where it leaves West Virginia with three games to play, and much more on this episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. It was a it was a win West Virginia had to have in the biggest way possible, and they had it. Uh Saturday was must win, but yesterday it was make or break. If you lose yesterday, your season's over. NCAA tournament hope wise. If you win yesterday, which the Bountaineers did by 18, you keep your season alive, and that is certainly what they did. So let's just get into that. Let's compare Saturday to yesterday. Uh Biggest thing, defense, defense, defense. West Virginia allowed 67 points yesterday, allowed 78 on Saturday. Uh, Mountaineers, they forced uh, 18 turnovers last night, leading to 28 points, Uh, only forced 12 turnovers on Saturday, leading to seven points. And defensive-wise against Texas Tech, Texas Tech made six of their 14 threes, 43%, 47% from the field. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, Two of nineteen from three, uh, just a tad under thirty nine percent from the field. So if you're West Virginia, uh, you got to be happy about that. Bob Huggins, after the game, called this the uh best defensive effort of the season about Oklahoma State's game, and Mountaineers did it in a big way. And they also got a lot of help offensively, but they also were able to kind of play a complete forty minute game. It's it seems like. There's been times this year they've played in stretches. They haven't played start to finish. Last night against Oklahoma State, it really felt like this team played from start to finish for really the first time all year. And another thing is rebounds. Excuse me. Texas Tech out-rebounded West Virginia by 11, and they had more second-chance points. West Virginia had 10 more second-chance points than Oklahoma State last night, only rebounded them by two, but it seemed like, West Virginia got pivotal offensive rebounds. Um, they 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 just did what they had to do, and they beat a team that, truthfully, they're probably better than right now. Oklahoma State's been dealing with some injuries. West Virginia, they're, they're they gotta they gotta hopefully uh, propel this going forward because they got three 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 big ones left in the regular season. So biggest takeaway for me last night is Trey Mitchell. The offense has to run through him. I get Eric Stevenson can go for 25, 30 any given night, but Stevenson can do that on his own. The offense has to run through Trey Mitchell. And yes, they double the post, but if you're Bob Huggins, you gotta get Trey Mitchell the ball and let him create because he can shoot, he can dribble, he can pass it. And when Trey's when Trey's locked in like he was last night, he's a top 15 player in this conference. And we see the potential, we've seen the highs. Uh, Coming into last night, Trey was averaging just over five points, I believe, over his last five games, 5.8, almost six points over his last five games, and then he explodes for a season-high 22 last night, so big night for him. Uh, Another good night for Eric Stevenson. Stevenson had 23 following up his twenty-seven against Texas Tech. So another big day for Stevenson. You get you just hope that he keeps that together. You can't have can't have these games for him where he scores four, five, six points. He's got to get twelve plus if you really want to have a chance to win all of your games. And matter of fact, like you gotta win. Um transitioning into that, uh you're at a place now with your West Virginia where you don't obviously going into Allen Fieldhouse and going into Hilton against Kansas and Iowa State respectively this weekend is going to be tough. Um, It's not easy to do that and win. Obviously, West Virginia has not won in Lawrence. They have won and had success in Hilton. But um, you can't have these games where you just get blown out by 50. Uh, You're at a place now where every game matters, every point matters even more. And three games from now, you're going to have to, like, it's – Win or go home. Um, obviously, if you March is not guaranteed yet, West Virginia is still sitting at I believe 16 wins, so they they're going to need two more, um, in my opinion, to really safely be in the tournament. And I don't think they get one this weekend. I really don't. I think it's going to be really tough to split. Um, maybe if it was reversed and you get the long week for Iowa State, you have a better shot. But I truthfully think that Kansas might be the Best team in the country, and they could legitimately go back to back. And winning at their place on a Saturday afternoon is going to be really tough. And then turning that around, uh, forty-eight hours later, and going to Ames, playing in that building is also really, really difficult. Um, after that, you got Kansas State at home. Got to win that. That's a must-win, just like last night was. And then hopefully you steal one in the Big Twelve tournament. I think right now West Virginia would be slotted to face Texas Tech. Team he just lost to, but a team he beat on the road. Um and Texas Tech's hot. They they're 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 hot right now. Um they're a half game back. They played a night against Oklahoma on in in Norman. So Oklahoma wins, West Virginia will be the current eighth team in the Big 12, and Texas Tech will be ninth, and it will be sole position of eighth for the Mountaineers. But moving on to bracketology talk. Um Things are good for the Mountaineers, a lot better than yesterday, that's for sure. Uh, Mountaineers moved up from last four into the last four buys for Joe Lenardi on ESPN. Uh, He has the Mountaineers in the East region as a 12 seed facing UConn in the first round. A good old Big East matchup right there. And then facing the winner of Gonzaga and Iona in the second round. So not really much to talk about matchups here. Obviously, it's just a matter of how West Virginia is projected. Uh, Bart Tovic, it's an analytical site similar to Kempom uh, in, that, in that realm. 70.8, 70. so about a 71% chance for the Mountaineers to make it to the NCAA tournament, and they have them as an average 11 seed. So it seems like if West Virginia gets in, it's going to be in that 10, 11, 12 seed range. It just depends on how many games they win down the stretch. Um, I want to talk a little bit about comparing West Virginia's resume to a resume from last year, so a team that got in uh, last year that made it to the Sweet Sixteen was Michigan. Uh, Michigan last year uh, they were seventeen and fourteen overall, eleven and nine in the Big Ten. They lost their first game in the Big Ten tournament, and they went five and ten in quad one games, and had one quad three loss. And on top of that, we're ranked thirty fourth in the net on Selection Sunday. Now you might ask, why why am I bringing up Michigan, right? Well, West Virginia right now, 16-12. and 12. Obviously, West Virginia's conference record is not as good, but the Big 10 and Big 12, like Big 12 this year compared to most conferences in the last five years is absurd. But the big thing I want to look at here is quad one wins. West Virginia has five. They're five and 5-11. So they've played one more quad one game, and they have as many quad one wins as Michigan did last year on their resume. Uh, West Virginia does not have a quad three loss. And on top of that, West Virginia moved up six spots to 26th in the net. And I believe that is eight spots higher than where Michigan was on Selection Sunday last year. Michigan was an 11 seed. They did not have to play in the first four in Dayton. And they made it to the Sweet 16. My point being is that West Virginia's resume is good. Five quad one wins is Really, really good. Um, And you're only going to have more opportunities for that. Because your last three games of the year are uh, quad one games. And then depending on who you draw in the Big 12 tournament, then that's another opportunity for a possible quad one, probably quad two game. Uh, just looking at the net right now, it uh, you have to be ranked 51 through 50, top 50 in the net to, uh, to be a quad one game on a neutral site. So right now, Oklahoma is 61st in the net. Texas Tech is 54th in the net. So Tech could sneak into a quad one game. Uh, they could sneak up there if they move up four more spots and if you play Texas Tech in the first round of the Big 12 tournament, that is a quad one game, another opportunity for a win and a quad one win at that. So my point being here is that there's precedent for where West Virginia is at. Like there's precedent. If West Virginia gets one more win, say it's a quad one win, say they win one more game down the stretch, one of their last three and then lose in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. Right. So that means West Virginia would be six and 14, in quad one games and that's not really that much of a problem. In my opinion, I just think that, um, there's, there's all these, there's all these benchmarks that you feel like you have to get to if you're West Virginia and there's all these, like these, what ifs, these, uh, like, what if we get to 17? What if we get to 18? What if we get to 19? Um, but at the end of the day, two wins and you're in, and one more win and you're really in the conversation. And I think for a team that started Big 12 play the way they did, for a team that was – felt like – felt dead at the beginning. Like, if we're being honest, they 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 looked dead. Um. And then here you are, top 30 in the net, top 25, Ken Palm. You've played, like, almost as many quad one games as anyone else. You've played 18 quad one games. That is tied for fourth most in the country. And if you want to look at who's ahead of them, well, Iowa State and Kansas have played twenty-one. Texas Tech's played twenty. TCU's played nineteen. Texas has played eighteen. West Virginia's played eighteen. Baylor's played seventeen. Oklahoma's played seventeen. So Kansas State's played fifteen. Oklahoma State has played fifteen. That's the whole conference, like, right there. And so th- there's a there there's recognition that you're playing some of the best teams in the country. There's recognition that your schedule, if you're West Virginia, is really hard. West Virginia's strength of schedule right now is fourth by RPI standards, fifth by net standards. The fifth toughest schedule in the country by net rankings, which is the ranking system that all these committees and people use to determine who's in the tournament. So... That might have sounded a little ranty, didn't really mean it to be ranty, but my whole point being is this. If you're West Virginia, you have a shot. Win one more game, you're in the conversation. Win two more games, you're in. And honestly, if one of those wins, like if you win at Ames, if you win somehow, some way, pull it out, a take a magic hat and pull a trick out of it a rabbit out of it, whatever the analogy is there in Allen Fieldhouse, it's gonna be hard to deny a team that just went out, goes on the road and beats a top three team right now and a one seed this late in the season, in my opinion, especially when you're on the bubble like that. So win a road game. Like if you win, if you go, if you go one and one this weekend and then lose to Kansas State, that's almost better, in my opinion, than going 0 and two this weekend and your one win being Kansas State. So the opportunity is there. The path is there. It's just a matter of if they get it done. And how will they get it done is they have to play defense and they have to go to their best players. And skill-wise, Trey Mitchell is their best player. He's not their most consistent player, but offense has to go through Mitchell, has to go through Trey, because the way this offense looks with Trey versus without Trey is completely different. Trey also has to be smart. There's been games where he's picked up two quick fouls and he's had to go sit. And then you're shuffling, then you're putting James at the four sometimes with Jimmy on the floor. And it it just gets, it gets messy. Like when you have all those big bodies in there, when you have Pat on the floor, no offense to him, he's not, he's not a scorer. When you have James on the floor, James isn't the biggest scorer. Jimmy Bell isn't the biggest scorer. Like you've got to keep Trey Mitchell on the floor at all costs. And sometimes you might have to give up a layup so you don't take an easy foul. But that is the biggest thing. And the tournament's the tournaments, about here, guys. And if you're West Virginia, it's now or never. So, Mountaineers have a big shot on Saturday at Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas. Then they go Monday at Ames at Iowa State. And they come back Saturday, March 4th, finish it off, senior night. Uh, a lot of people are going to be talk- honored that night, including Emma Matthews, probably the biggest senior name in this class. And then you go to Kansas City. And anything can happen in Kansas City. They've made the, they've made the championship game a few times. They've uh, lost in the first round a couple times. So they won't, if this if last year's team could win a game against Kansas City, this year's team should be able to win a game in Kansas City. But we will just have to wait and see. So that is it for this episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. Uh, if you made it this far, I do appreciate you listening. Find more about us at bluegoldsports.com. Uh, read what we have up there, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and like us on Facebook. So my name is Wesley Shoemaker. Give me a follow if you want, at Wesley Shoe on Twitter. Uh, Thank you for listening, and this is the Blue Gold Sports Podcast.